Welcome to episode 31 of The Process, Hard Work. Depending where you was at, uh, I, uh, I I I played ball at Bunch Park, um, Optimus, and that's like right in the heart of Opelika. Um It was, I mean, it was it was it was fun. You know, I got to to uh, to meet a lot of people, but also you know it was dangerous. You know, uh, playing there and playing ball. I remember I could recall one Friday night uh, we were playing against one of our rivals uh, in the city, uh, North Dade, and. Right in between the middle of a the game, there was gunshots, you know, maybe like a hundred feet away from the game. And uh, I remember the game being called and we having to reschedule it. Wow. So so you were playing ball early. How, how, how early did you start playing ball? Uh, at the age of six. Yeah, I started playing at the age of six. Um, me and my older brother, we, we got, into, got into ball pretty early. Um, my dad was an athlete. My mom was an athlete, so it was kind of destined for us to, to play some kind of sport, being that my mom and my dad was uh, was in sports coming up. So, you know, they kind of stuck us in as early uh, to learn that, you know, being disciplined and, and just challenging us. What major hurdles or obstacles did you have to overcome, you know, growing up in Opelika? Uh, or was football kind of like an outlet for you? I mean, I wasn't a troubled kid. I was. I was blessed, I was fortunate to have, you know, both parents in my life. Um, having a father, you know, uh, directing me the right way, making sure I was hanging around the right, right crowds and the right group of people. Um, I wasn't really a troubled kid, so I didn't really have to dodge any obstacles uh, as far as, you know, turning to the streets. You know, I had family to make sure that, you know, that wasn't even an option. So growing up, Miami, if you, I know, I know football is huge down there, man. You, you end up going to one of the 
top football high school down there in Miami. Uh, what was that like, you know, playing ball for Northwestern, you know, traveling? Uh, it, it was a dream come true growing up um, as a kid. I, I went to a lot of Northwestern games, being that my dad was an uh, alumni there. Uh, so going to the games and just seeing that blue and gold and that, that bull on the side of your helmet, you know, as a kid, I know for me as a kid, you know, I, I wanted that so bad. Uh, and then to finally get there, it was it was like a dream come true. Did y'all win state? Yeah, back to back, twice. So y'all went back to back. Yeah. I remember y'all boys went to Texas. That was big for the whole state of Florida. I'm from Tallahassee. Okay. Uh, but it was big just seeing y'all boys from Florida going to play Texas school. I think y'all were probably one of the first high schools to do that. Yeah, I think that's when they first started. We probably won them. I ain't gonna say the first high school to do it, but I think it was it was in its early stages when you see teams like flying across the country to play other teams. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. That was huge. So what was the, uh, you know, you playing for a powerhouse foot, uh, high school football team. What was the recruiting process like? Uh, it was fun, you know what I mean? Um, at first it was kind of slow because I was, you know, a bit undersized as a linebacker coming out. Uh, but once it picked up, you know, it was fun. You made up, you get it. You make a lot of connections that you don't really pay attention to when you're young. Um, I know a couple of, of coaches that, you know, recruited me in high school were, uh, had left high school and went to the NFL. And just to see the fact that they were recruiting me, that was crazy. Why uh, Miami, you know, being from Miami, why, why do you, why did you choose you? I mean, <laughs> any kid in Miami, man. If you want, if you're a real Miami, you're gonna want to go to Miami. You know, I grew up watching Sean Taylor, Jonathan Velma, B. Sin, DJ Williams. You know, and uh, seeing them run out that smoke. You know, it made, it was something that like that you want as a child. Uh, the swag that they played with, the, uh, the, the the big games they played in. You know, it's it was second to none. Oh yeah, that was linebacker you too for your position. Uh, of course. Being a being a being an outstanding uh, football player on the field, how did you manage to balance being an outstanding football player and being a student athlete obtaining your college degree? Uh it was it was uh it was it wasn't easy. Um but I think my upbringing helped me. Um, my mom, she was in in education field for such a long time and she didn't really play about uh about the study so uh, when things got tough and I felt like I couldn't go or you know I didn't want to take this test or I didn't want to go to class uh, I just remember her saying that you know education goes way further than football or any sport um, you can easily be injured and your career could be over but education stay with you forever so that was one of the things that helped you know push me and uh, motivate me to continue to you know uh, go to class each day uh, making sure I'm taking everything serious, because um, not never knowing um, what can happen. So, who is Sean Spence today? That's a good question. A father, uh, uh, a family man, a leader, someone who uh, who's passionate about everything they do. Readjusting, you know, from high school to college ball, and now you know you're playing college ball. What was it like gearing up, you know, for the draft and, and the league? Uh, it was, it was fun, man. You know, you watch, 
people go through the process and you wait you can't wait to get on that you know that stage and have that opportunity um to be able to you know go to the combine uh to meet with teams to have pro days it was fun man it was a process that i uh i cherish forever and i will never forget what was the hardest thing about that process that that just caught you by surprise I'll probably say, you know, the the, um, the team interviews, um, you know, they ask you a lot of crazy questions or, you know, have um, just just how they try to rattle you in those rooms and the questions they ask to see if you're going to, you know, answer wrong or how you're going to, you know, hold your composure answering them. When you, when you got drafted, what was that like, you know, knowing that? You were that much closer to your dream from six years old, and now you know someone calls your name and wants you on the team. What was that like? What was that feeling like? It was a, it was a dream come true, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a dream of mine for a long time. You know, I, I got drafted in the third round, uh, which is not. I mean, it is, which is considered pretty early, but it felt like forever. You know, waiting, hearing uh, numerous names called before your name. But when you finally get your name called, um, it's the best feeling ever. It's hard to describe. The title of, of our podcast is titled uh, Trust the Process, the Process Podcast. What does trust in the process mean to you? How do you trust the process on a day-to-day? Um, I, I think pr- trust the process to me means controlling what you can control, um, not worrying about any outside noise, that you're going to go through turmoil at some point in your life, that you're going to have adversity, you're going to have uh, obstacles, you're going to have tribulations, um, but uh, it, it's all is working together for your good. It's uh, once you come out on the other side of it, and you keep going and you keep trusting the process and not giving up. Once you get on the other side of that thing, you're gonna see like, dang man, it was really worth it because you're now at your end goal or a goal that you may have set or maybe something that you wasn't expecting or aware of. So uh, I think the process is, trusting the process is very important and it's the key to everyone's life. I want to talk about, you know, you went through a lot of transition, you know, high school, college. Uh, you finally obtained your, your goal, your, being in the league, dream come true. But now you got to play on the field. You know, what was that transition like from, from college ball to the league? It was, it was, uh, the transition was like going from high school to college. You know, when you first get there, you know, people are a little more fast than you, bigger and stronger. So it was kind of the, kind of the same uh, transition. The only difference was that you were going against, you know, pros and vets, and they're not going to make a mistake, uh, make a mistake how, uh, a sophomore in college would make. You know, these guys have been in the league four or five years. They know what they're doing. Everyone know where they're going. Everybody lining up with tempo. So I think that was the biggest adjustment, you know, adjusting to the speed, knowing how to play with tempo, being able to communicate and uh, and still get your job done at the same time. What, what skills, you know, you got your degree from the University of Miami. Uh, what skills you think transferred over to help you become a better professional uh, when you got to the league? Um, hard work, man. Uh, um, when we was young, my dad, he had a car wash company. And he used to make us go out there with him every, since we were maybe like six years old, every Saturday and Sunday. I, uh, I did this 
all the way up into my, I want to say, freshman year in college. So from six to maybe 17, I was washing cars every Saturday and Sunday. And that just trained my mind to no matter what's going on or what's happening to keep going. Because it was times we would have a game on Friday night in high school and I won't get back home until maybe like 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And I'm so on beat up, but I get up the next morning and make sure I go work because this is how I put money in my pocket. This is how I buy the shoes that I want. This is how I get what I want. So I think that gave me a mindset of working hard no matter what the situation is, no matter how you feel, just to continue to keep going. Because the one thing about the world, it doesn't stop for no one. You know, everything keeps going. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things that helped me in my, in my uh, career. I think that's huge, man, because uh, like like Quay said, our, our podcast is the process, and we're talking about a lot of processes. And, you know, you might get over one, but you might face another one, you know what I mean? You might get right. over one struggle, but you're going to need that grind, that hard work to get through it all. Right. Uh, you know, what major hurdles or struggles did you face when you got to the league? Were, were there any? Yeah, as soon as I, as soon as I got to the league, my, uh, my rookie year, man, the last piece of the game, I blew out my knee. The last preseason game, I threw my ACL, uh, PCL, and LCL. Uh, wow. And I scratched a uh, perennial nerve in my foot. So, and I, at the time, I didn't even know what that was. So for the people who don't know, uh, the perennial nerve controls your uh, your dorsiflexion in your foot. So how your everyday life, how you walk, how you run. And uh, for a split second, not for a split second, for maybe like six months, uh, from that injury, I didn't have no movement in my leg and my foot. I couldn't move my foot. So that was one of the scariest moments for me ever to finally get to, you know, the place uh, where I wanted to be to get to the pinnacle, you know, of my career to make it to the NFL, to be playing on one of the, the best franchises in the um, in the world to get there and, and, and to, to get hurt in the last preseason game of my rookie year. It was devastating. With countless days of rehab, praying, and just continue to go, continue to trust the process, no matter what it looked like, no matter what it felt like, I continued, I just kept going, kept going, and kept going. And gradually, I came back on the field and um, was playing ball again. It's one thing when you play ball and you, you got to leave it alone and you sit back and you say, man, I kind of miss it. You know what I mean? Like, dang, I miss putting that helmet on. Right. You know, what was that process like being injured um, and then coming back, you know, putting on the pads, put on the helmet again, you know, how was that feeling? Man, it was tough. Uh, sitting in meeting and uh, knowing you're not part of the game plan, knowing that, uh, you know, not, not being able to go to practice, not being able to do a lot of things, man. Put, like you say, put my helmet on, get tape, you know, put the jersey on, so much stuff that we take for granted. You know, I missed that. I missed that while I was hurt. I missed those, just that little stuff. Time of cleats, uh, going to practice, the stretch lines, the the conversations that you have in stretch lines, the camaraderie, camaraderie that you have uh, during those times. You know, I, I, I missed that a lot. And when I was able to to do that again, you know, I, I didn't I didn't take it for granted. I cherished it. So what fade, where where is Sean Spence now? Uh what's next for Sean Spence? 
right now I'm still I'm a uh, I'm a free agent. You know, I'm still training to uh, for this upcoming season. Um, and then you know, hopefully I get picked up and then go from there. So being a little more older, being a little more seasoned. What's a big? What's some big advice would you give to a younger Sean Spence? Mm. Don't take don't take things for granted. You know what I mean? Um, you know we we take a lot of stuff for granted because it, it's part of our everyday life. Like I know a lot of people may be taking you know waking up for granted. Like you're supposed to wake up. Not really. You don't. You know it's by God's grace that you're able to get up. So not taking little stuff for granted. Like when I hurt my when I blew out my knee and I uh, was hurt. You know, not being able to move around with free will, having to be assisted, not being able to, you know, run, jump, just do the little thing, walk on my toes, walk around the house, normal, without any assistance. You know, that was, that was like an eye opener to me, like, wow, man, like, you know, at any given point, something can be taken from you, no matter what it is. So. I say probably not to take stuff for granted, to to cherish everything, to enjoy everything to its fullest. Are there any lasting words you want to leave with the listeners? Uh, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you may be, face, may be facing, um, it's not the end of the world. Keep going, keep fighting, keep God first, and trust the process. For the people that's out there, where can, where can they find you? Uh, man, I'm, uh, I'm in Miami. Uh, my Instagram handle is five spence one uh i think my ig is three spence one so you can reach me there if you got any questions i want to reach out and talk about anything this concludes episode 31 of the process be sure to follow us on instagram twitter and facebook and to like us on itunes and soundcloud thank you Trust the process. Trust the process. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through, and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.